so uh, I don't know about you guys, sounds like I'm in a barrel up here. Uh, so we're going to be in Second Chronicles chapter 36, so you can be turning there. Um, and just to start off, um, we're going to take a quick poll. Um, not a, it's not an embarrassing one or a vulnerable one. All you have to do is raise your hand so I know that, you know. But, uh, so raise your hand if you are saved or you consider Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior. Sweet. Uh, raise your hand if you consider yourself a minister. Sweet. Raise your hand if you're new to this and those terms don't really make sense and you're uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, So every party, you know, wherever you raised your hand, um, you're going to be addressed. um, But you're also maybe not going to be focused on. And so I'm just a disclaimer here. um, It's called, you know, a leading life. So a lot of this is to ministers and leaders, but but we're going to talk about everyone. So don't feel left out. I'll talk to you at some point. Maybe at all points. You just have to listen. Um, and so the man or woman following Christ um, will be the focus and will be for you, this message. So, Second um, Chronicles 36, verses 1 through 4. I'm going to read it real quick, and then we'll pray, and then we'll get into it. So then the people of the land took Jehoahaz, the son of Josiah, and made him king in his father's stead in Jerusalem. How many of you heard the name Jehoahaz before? Liars. Um, Jehoahaz was 20 and 3 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 3 months in Jerusalem. And the king of Egypt put him down at Jerusalem and condemned the land in a, ta- in a hundred talents of silver and a talent of gold. And the king of Egypt made Eliakim his brother, king over Judah and Jerusalem, and turned his name to Jehoiakim. And Necho took Jehoahaz his brother and carried him to Egypt. Father, we love you. We do just again thank you for this day. Um, We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit um, that that teaches us and speaks to us through it. Um, Father, would you be glorified today? Um, Would you set aside my flesh um, in me, Lord, and just speak? Um, Lord, we desire to hear from you. We desire the conviction of the spirit. We desire the image of your son. Um, Lord, help us to look more like him. Help us to live um, more like he did. Help us to bring glory um, to you in this city. Help us to be the people of God here, um, the people that you chose and died for, um, or the army that's supposed to go out and conquer in your name. Um, Father, we love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so there's a lot of us in this passage, right? We, were, we all raised our hands. Everyone was identifying somewhere. We're all here in this passage in these four verses. Maybe not a glamorous role, but we're all represented, right? Um, so everyone needs to, to, to picture themselves somewhere in here, and I'll break it down. So there's Jehoahaz, right? This hot, hot new king, right? Young guy, 23, Michael Jordan. Maybe Mr. Goat himself, Jehoahaz. Um, he was actually, there's four three or four brothers, and Jehoahaz is actually the youngest brother, right? But he's 23, so he's this hot, he's a stud, you know? He's been waiting for this day his whole life, right? His dad was king. Um, let me back up. So Josiah was this guy's dad, 
right? And Josiah in the line of kings in Israel and Judah, Josiah is like this one guy who, you know, everyone's doing wicked. They're, they're all, they get into idolatry a lot. They get into, um, so we'll talk about them later, but high places and groves, basically these things where they, they worship false gods, right? So that's, that's Israel's problem right now, idolatry. And Josiah, Jehoah has his dad, like, <laughs> puts his foot down, and he slaughters a bunch of idol worship. He, he basically restarts Israel, and he's like, all right, let's do it. And then he did wicked at the end, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's where Israel's at. So that, that's Jehoah has, right? He's just become king of this nation. The people grab him, and they, they anoint him, and say, you're going to be king. And maybe, you know, he's not the oldest. He's, he's not the firstborn. So it wasn't really what he was supposed to get. Um, he's been waiting for it. Maybe he's young. Perhaps he's really strong. Perhaps he's really smart. Um, you know, he, 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 could, he could be anything, but he just got... A, a, a prime seat, right? He just got all the wealth he could want, all the ladies he could want, I mean wives, you know, all the wives he could want. Um, you know, he got wealth, whatever and whatever he wanted, he had it. And so let's, for us, right, for anyone really, but for the minister, right, through Christ, you are a king. You're an heir, right? So as, as fellow heirs, which the Bible talks about, you know, Jesus being the heir to the throne, he lives inside of you. So you get an, an heirship, an heirdom, an heirness, his heirness. Um, so you get to be a part of that, right? So that's you in the story, right? You're Jehoah has. You just got this kingdom. You got this ministry. You got this responsibility. You're the service guy. You're the benevolence chick. <laughs> you know, you got this You got this ministry, right? And you're anointed. Um, and then we're going to walk through it and see how we can handle that. There's a lot of different ways, different circumstances, and different things that need to happen in those situations. Um, or maybe, right, maybe you are the people, right? It starts out in verse 1, Then the people of the land took Jehoahaz. So where's the land? Israel, right, because he's king of Israel. So the people of Israel, by popular vote, right, he's, he's a, if nothing else, Jehoahaz is popular because the people grab him and elect him as king. Right? So maybe we're the people. Maybe we're the people being ministered to or in the ministry or showing up and we get here and are like, I want coffee. You know, that's the people because somebody's going to minister to you and get you coffee. Um, or, so also in this picture, you go down a couple of verses, and the king of Egypt put him down at Jerusalem. So what does, if you're a, a Bible scholar, what does Egypt picture in your Bible? The world, right? It always is coming up from Egypt, coming up from Egypt, coming up from the south. So Egypt, the world, and then you have Pharaoh, the leader of this world, right? That can picture whatever, but it's your enemy, right? It's Satan, it's the Antichrist, whatever. So the world and the world's leader, it comes up and it snatches Jehoahaz. And three months later, it's all gone. Right? So Jehoahaz, his whole life, whatever, he got to see his dad, he got to see his grandpa maybe, he got to see Jeremiah prophesying, it's the time of this, and he gets put into this king, he gets made a king, and he's 23, and he's like, man, I'm going to be a great king, I'm going to lead Israel, and I'm going to do what my dad did, and then in three months, he's dead. 
It's not very long, right? It wasn't a very good, it, maybe it wasn't a very good start, but it certainly wasn't a very good ending. Um, and there's some things that we can observe um, in the story, we're going to unfold it, that he wasn't really that great. Anyways, but three months. So you're a minister. So you're the leader of the service. Sorry, Luke, it's just going to pop into my head all message now. So you're this leader, you're ministering. Maybe your Bible study leader came to you and said, hey, I need you to step up. We're going to be splitting. It's going to be a smaller group, and I really need these guys to be able to look to you and see what a leader is, right? Or maybe the small group ladies. Whatever it is. So you're a leader, right? You're like, okay. I'm going to do it. The people chose me. Like, we're going to do this. And then in three months... Oops. Right? So, there's basically two things we're going to address. Jehoahaz's kingship lasted three months. It was because of two main things. Right? One thing... The uh, I'm not following my PowerPoint, but we'll get back on track in a second. Just write these down. One thing... The evil, the wickedness of his fathers. Right? Second thing. Okay, I'll let you write for a second. And the second thing is un, an un, unrepentant life. Unconfessed sin. So just write that down for later. I don't know where that fits in your outline. Because I just was like to say that. Alright, key point number one. We have all been made ministers of God. You are a king, a priest through Christ. Now what? Before you know it, it could all be gone. Maybe in three months it's gone. Maybe you had a good start and you're, you're feeling kind of stalled out. Um, what should have sustained Jehoahaz, right? And we look back and we see some, some signs here. But maybe that he wasn't that well sustained, right? Red flag, number one. Then the people of the land took Jehoahaz, the son of Josiah, and made him king in his father's stead. So that, is that a problem? Right? If you're, if you're in the ministry, what do you desire to put you in the ministry? Right. This guy Jehoahaz wasn't wasn't the firstborn. He wasn't he wasn't placed there by the leading of the Spirit. He wasn't placed there um, by by serving and by showing himself worthy or, or by any of these things that we we desire to do. Jehoahaz was placed there because the people of the land wanted it. And if you look through history. I don't want to get into it. But when the people of Israel do something on their own, it's usually a bad thing, right? We were just learning about Saul and David. You know who put Saul as a king over Israel? The people kind of did that. They're like, hey, we don't want a king. Hands down, give us a king. Like, okay. That's what happens when these people do things. So, yeah. Okay. So, okay, back to us, right? You're a minister. You're the king. Um, how long has it been? Maybe how long did you last? Um, how did you get there? What could have been or what could be? Right? I'm going to ask a lot of questions in this. Just, I guess that's the way I write these. So, <laughs> Ministry is impossible absent the power of God. As a man or woman of God, it is your life's blood. Right? 
So the power of God is what the king needed to do anything, to accomplish anything for Israel. The power of God is what I need in order to accomplish anything for the people of God now. right? Israel, Old Testament people of God, New Testament, current people of God are the Gentiles, the local church. So, I'm a ministry leader over the local church. I need the power of God to, for anything to happen. You need the power of God for anything to happen. In your Bible study, nothing will happen without the power of God. Your heads will just get bigger, and then you'll elect kings over yourself, and they'll die in three months. Who knows? To rest, okay, the second point. To rest in the power of people is empty, and it will crash down around you. They can't sustain you, right? Good, I don't know. So pick-me-ups, when people like encourage you or compliment you or say you're doing great or I really, I really like that when you yell in that song, you know, it really sounds good. <laughs> you know, that could, that's only going to last so long. If I can't live by people's liking or disliking of me. Sam couldn't live by people's liking or disliking of him. You know what I mean? It has to be the power of God that put him there and that keeps him there. There has to be a place for you to rest. Um, okay, so anytime you're studying in Chronicles, right, the, the partner, sorry, my eye itches, the partner passage of Chronicles is going to be what? Right, because Chronicles is basically a, a commentary of kings and vice versa, they expand on each other. So, finding the story in Second Kings 23, I'll read it for you. You don't have to turn there, you can write it down. Or it might be up here. Yeah. And his servants, um, this is talking about Josiah now, carried him in a chariot dead from Megiddo and brought him to Jerusalem and buried him in his own sepulcher. And the people of the land took Jehoahaz, the son of Josiah, and anointed him and made him king in his father's stead. Jehoahaz was 20 and 3 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Hamutal, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. That wasn't in the other passage. According to all that his fathers had done. And Pharaoh Nico. So Pharaoh is a title. There's a lot of different guys that were Pharaoh. They just kind of call them all Pharaoh, just like Caesar, Augustus, Julius. Maybe that's the same one, I don't know. But so Nico is this Pharaoh. That's why it's saying Pharaoh Nico. So Pharaoh put him in bands at Riblah uh, in the land of Hamath uh, that he might not reign in Jerusalem. And he put the land to a tribute of a hundred talents of silver and a talent of gold. And Pharaoh made Eliakim, the son of Josiah, king in the room of Josiah, his father, and turned his name to Jehoiakim and took Jehoahaz away. And he came to Egypt and he died there. There's a little more information, right? So sub-point A. There will be two sub-points under point one. We're going to back up a second, and we're going to talk about the power of others. right? So the others are who put them there. In that last passage, you know, it says again that the people of the land took Jehoahaz, and it says, and they anointed him. right? It's not the Spirit's anointing. It was the people that anointed him king. <clears throat> so Jehoahaz was set up for failure. right? That's not his fault. It's not your, it might not be your fault. Right? We're set up for failure. But that doesn't mean that he was doomed. right? It doesn't matter what your dad did. It doesn't matter what your mom did. It doesn't matter what your ancestry is. They're all sinners. right? You got to where you got, and now you're here. It's not, it's not the God that, that looks at it 
and said, well, you know, that guy's not in the right line, so he's just going to die in three months, and then we're going to move on. Does that sound like your God? No. Your God died for you. Uh, I keep moving too far forward. Your God died for you, man. He wants the best for you right now. right? You're not doomed because of your, your family. You're not doomed because of your sin. In this moment, we can get over that and we can move on. right? God is for you now. He wants you to succeed now. So you get placed into this king, right? As the power from the power of others, right? So you're off to a bad start. Maybe some people just threw you into ministry and it's not because the spirit's leading, it's just cuz you had like were really good looking or something. Maybe you're there, right? And it, it's bad circumstances that led to this point. Maybe that, right? Maybe it's not the way that it should have happened, but now it has happened. Are you doomed? Um, so this note, I don't know if that's in there, but the pe- then the people, the nation, this is a few study points, um, collectively as a group, so then the people, the first mention, then the people, some little Bible study stuff, you can take phrases, you can search them in something like Blue Letter Bible, and it'll tell you every time that exact phrase comes up. And usually the first mention, generally, is going to set a general context or trend for that phrase. So when I, when I look at for then the people, the first time it comes up is Genesis 11.6. In the context of this, and the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have all imagined to do. So, who's that talking about? Tower of Babel, right? First mention, not a good context for, for the people, right? And, th- and that's who just made you a king over your ministry, these guys. Um, so, a little rough, just a little Bible study on the side. Um, well, that's not going to do much in the scheme of things, um, which, which is more reassuring uh, when Pharaoh comes marching into your throne room, right? So, Pharaoh's coming into your city to take you. Are you gonna Are you gonna rely in this is the fact that the people put you there, or that God put you there? Which one sounds better? Right, we're in church. Just say the God one. Right, God put you there. I would I would rather be there than than me getting my way or me being the popular guy and getting into ministry. Like finally I got here. Like it's like what Sam was just talking about. Right, when I get in charge, I'm gonna do this my way, and the people put me there because I, I looked good. I showed up when I should have showed up, and I did these things, and now I'm here. And then when Pharaoh comes marching into your ministry, right, when the world comes tugging at your heels. That's not much to rest on, the fact that you got yourself there. You know, I want to be able to say, God put me here. Sam said it again. You know, did you send me to Kansas City to fail? Right? If, if Sam went there and he didn't have that to ask, he's like, man, I'm out of here. This is horrible. This is a really bad idea. I shouldn't have done this. I was wrong. But no, God sent Sam to Midtown and he can say, God, you sent me here. Now this? You know, he has that to rely on. So let's think about that. Acts 5, um, verses 38 and 39. It says, And now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of God, it will come to naught. Wait, 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 wait. For if this counsel or work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it, lest haply ye be found even to fight against God. So Pharaoh walked into that throne room, grabbed that king, and, and, and dragged him down to Egypt, no problem, right? 
So, so uh, you know, the the work if the work was of men, that's that's exactly what would happen, <laughs> right? So the people grab Jehoahaz and they put him as a king, and then just like this verse says, like someone was able to come in and, and tear it right back down because it wasn't God that was building it. Um, yeah, we'll skip to subpoint B. So this is breaking down um, the evil of your fathers, right? So the first thing, main thing of Jehoahaz was that his fathers were wicked, right? The, the kings that, that were kings before him, they were idol worshippers. Um, they built groves in high places. You know, Josiah was a bright spot, but that, that's what he's dealing with. Um, Israel's kings and ancestors had a history of sins. Um, the evil on the side of the Lord is typically idolatry. It's typically going into some place and, and worshiping another god. Or not worshiping God as the God, but just a really big God that usually comes through. Um, so high places... Um, this is a so yeah high places um, and in groves. So high places are these these seats of preeminence, a place of illicit worship or cultic a cultic platform. Groves, um, an altar, usually in trees, or surrounded by shrubs, just to hide what's going on there. And it's where a lot of like child sacrifices happen there and uh, sexual stuff. <clears throat> so those are those two things and. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of a lot of references for that um, that we can get into. Or if you have questions about those, I have a lot of stuff. But I don't really want to break it down right now. I don't feel like that's the time. Um, but I do want to read to you Jeremiah 2, verses 1 through 9. Right? In light of the sins of your fathers, the evil of your fathers. So this is Jeremiah, the guy who was the prophet in this time. That's why his insight is to this context. Like, what's the prophet of God during these kings' reign saying? It says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thine espousals, when thou wentest after me in the wilderness, in a land that was not sown. Israel was holiness unto the Lord, in the first fruits of his increase. All that devour him shall offend, evil shall come upon them, saith the Lord. Hear ye the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Right? So maybe that was you. You know, you're the minister, you're the king. What did that used to look like when it first happened? When you first started ministering, when you first started the Great Commission, right? You know, it was precious, right? It was the kindness of thy youth, the love of thine espousals, and the Lord remembers that. Thus saith the Lord, What iniquity have your fathers found in me, that they are gone far from me, and have walked after vanity and become vain? Neither said they, Where is the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt? that led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and of pits, through a land of drought and of the shadow of death, through a land that no man passed through and where no man dwelt. And I brought you into a plentiful country to eat the fruit thereof and the goodness thereof. But when ye entered, ye defiled my land and made mine heritage an abomination. The priests said not, Where is the Lord? And they that handle the law knew me not. The pastors also transgressed against me, and the prophets prophesied by Baal, and walked after things that do not profit. Wherefore, 
I will yet plead with you, saith the Lord, and with your children's children will I plead. Right? So that's a potential. Right? That could be, maybe that's where you're at. On the good side or on the bad side. Maybe you forgot. Maybe you're doing great. Um, But the Lord does say that with your children, with your children's children, He will plead to be right with Him. So, Jehoahaz wasn't doomed, right? He didn't have to follow after the evil of his fathers. God said that he would pursue the children and the children's children. God loved Jehoahaz. He pursued him and he was waiting for him to say, I don't want to do that. You're my God, right? God was pursuing Jehoahaz. He's pursuing you. Key point number two. At what point in God seeking your heart... Did uh, we make the outward appearance our, our focus point? <clears throat> Maybe that's a little ambiguous. So, I'm a minister, right? Um, not like that, but I'm ministering. Um, I'm saved, you know, before the Lord. He looks at my heart, right? He wants my heart to be right before Him. He wants me to be desiring His Word. He wants me to be loving others. Um, so all these things, it's, it's all a heart attitude, right? It's all what, what decisions are you making in your heart? Where's your heart at? But sometimes, um, I, get, I get distracted or I start thinking that it's better to appear a certain way and, and stop worrying about my heart. So maybe my heart is somewhere over here, but I'm going to be over here singing. And so I have to look like my heart's not over there, right? And so it gets to this point where now I'm focused on my appearance more than I'm focused on where my heart is, right? Is that familiar with anyone? Maybe we start thinking we need to look like a leader. I'm, I'm a discipler. I can't, I can't look like I have this sin or my disciple's going to run away. Right? My disciple's not going to take me seriously if, if I look like I have sin. I have to look this part. So you start looking at your appearance more than your heart. And so one of the most, one of the most beautiful attributes of our salvation is, is the freshness of it. The, the clean joy of experiencing Christ's sacrifice. Love and mercy uninhibited. The brand new Christian hasn't messed anything up yet. right? They were messed up and now they're saved. They haven't had a chance to lose their first love. Um, but they know they're loved. right? Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? Doesn't that, isn't that the picture of almost purity? Right? The, the, the Christian getting saved and he's washed white as snow. He just, just got his little you know, sheet that's white as snow. And he hasn't even put it anywhere. There's no, there's no blemish on it. Right? Um, so that's how we started. Right? Isn't that our first love? That's, that's where we start ministry. Man, I just want to serve the Lord. I just want to, I just want to do whatever He wants. God, what's your will? Like, I want to reach people. I want to love people. So that endeavor, right, to minister, to reach people, to reach the lost, to reach the world, to reach Kansas City. Um, fast forward to now. In your endeavor to minister, are your thoughts consumed with God or are they consumed with yourself? In, in your endeavor to minister, are your thoughts consumed with others or are they consumed with the flock? If the minister 
builds groves in his, his or her life or builds high places, um, you have two choices. It's to perish there, to be cut off, or to tear those places down. That's it. You know, if you have sin in your life, if you, you've built an altar, you, you, whatever you have, like that's kind of like heady speaking, right? Like, what do you mean to build an altar? I didn't go, I don't have an altar at home. You know, so if you're sinning, right, and it's not something that you're confessing or it's something that's small that you do all the time, you know, it, it could be nothing. It doesn't have to be some grotesque deal. But if you're doing that, let's consider it a grove, right? Just call it an altar to a false idol the god of Netflix. I don't know. But you're in that place. You're a minister. You have this altar. You have two options. You get rid of it, or it will get rid of you. That, there's, there's no, I'm just going to keep doing it, and maybe it'll fizzle out during the process, and I'll still be this great king. No, it lasted three months, and he died. You can't live with that thing sucking the life out of you. There's no, there's no fellowship with the Spirit. There's no holiness. There's, there's no. It's, it's love or lust. Which one will you have? So Malachi two, eleven through fourteen says, "Have we, have we not all one Father? Hath not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother by profaning the covenant of our fathers? Judah hath dealt treacherously, and an abomination is committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah hath profaned the holiness of the Lord which he loved, and hath married the daughter of a strange God. The Lord will cut off the man that doeth this, the master and the scholar, out of the tabernacles of Jacob, and him that offereth an offering unto the Lord of hosts. And this have ye done again, covering the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping, with crying out, insomuch that he regardeth not the offering any more, or, or receiveth it with good will at your hand. Yet ye say, Wherefore? Because the Lord hath been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously, yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. So Jehovah has had all this wickedness in his family and his life, right? Um, and he let it swallow him up, right? He didn't let the Lord deliver him. And there's, again, there's, there's two things that, that could have happened, right? Um... Too far. So the evil, the evil that haunts the characters in the Bible, the evil that was present um, in Moses' time, the evil um, that all these kings that led up to Jehovah has, the evil of Pharaoh, the evil of Jesus' time, all that evil is the same evil that you and I deal with. Right? It's the same evil that is haunting you, that is coming after you. Right? Um, and for me, for the minister, for the, for the believer, what, a lot of what that looks like is sin in my life. Right? Sin in my life. And it, it has consequences. It's not just going to go away. Right? It's not just going to stop and leave me alone. And I'll just forget about it like it was never there. Sin has consequences in my life and I have to deal with it. Malachi 4, 2-6. through 6. 
Um, but unto you that fear my name um, shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall, and ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, and the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children. In the heart of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Um, so Romans 6 1 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. So <clears throat> a lot of people will talk about, you know, this walk, and if we're not, you know, if we're not going somewhere, we just stop. We'll be talking to somebody like, how are you doing? Well, I just feel stuck. I feel like I'm not going anywhere. I feel like my walk's not getting anywhere. Or I'm not growing. And it's kind of a fallacy, right? Your walk doesn't go to a place and stop and be stationary, right? You're either going or you're not, or you're not going. And when you're not, when you're not going, you're, you're going backwards. So... If you aren't going to continue, if you're not going to continue in sin, like Romans 6.1 just said, shall we continue in sin? If you're not going to continue in sin, the other option is to turn around, to deal with it, right? And so, I, I'm going to talk about confessing sin for a second, right? Because one of the things Jehovah has, could have done, was say, you know what, I let the wickedness of my fathers get to me, I let their sins dictate what I thought, I, I let their pleasures affect my pleasures, and I'm in sin, Lord, I confess that. And he could have been right, and, and he could have been a king, you know? He could have done that, and that's what we could have done. Psalm 32, 1-5, through 5, says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. For when I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me, my moisture is turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin." So God has gifted you with the ability to confess your sins and be healed. It is a gift. Um, that's what Jesus died for. So that you didn't have to do that. So your bones didn't have to wax old. So that the moisture doesn't have to turn to drought. Right? That's what living with sin is like. You know? I think we could all give testimony to that. Right? Not dealing with sin, it, it eats you up. Um, he has no pleasure in the ruins of sinners. Right? He doesn't, he doesn't want you to just die. He's like, oh, that guy's a sinner. He doesn't shoot you down. Sweet, another sinner dead, right? What he wants is the return of the sinner, right? He sees the sinner and he finds him and he redeems him. He died for that. He doesn't die so that he can do more killing. He died so that no one else would have to die. The sad thing about Jehovah has is that he never turned to God. He chose the way of his fathers, a way, a way of holding to a proper appearance, rather than confessing and subjecting himself to Christ. 
James 5.16 says, Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Um, So please, um, do not elevate the appearance, your appearance, above where your heart is at. Your heart needs to be your focus. It's not worth getting there if if your heart's not there. It's not worth getting to this lofty place where now you have to consider, wait, I'm supposed to look this way, but my heart's not there. And so, okay, hang on. Listen, listen, listen. No one is too mature to be confessing their sin. Right? No one has gotten to a point where now it it looks silly to confess your sin. Right? That's not... That's not... That's nothing. There's nothing biblical about that. Right? Once you get to be a pastor, you're not just sin-free. Right? Pastors have sin to confess. I mean, I hope they don't confess it to me. They need to confess it to other pastors or something. But we need to be confessing our sin. Um, confession, confession should only become more comfortable and more frequent as you mature, not the opposite. Um, and so Luke 1, 14-17 is the prophecy of John the Baptist. And basically, I'm going to pick it up in the second half of it. And he's talking about John the Baptist. And he says, For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. Many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit... in power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I'm not about to cry. My voice is just going out. Okay. So what message are you sending to the other believers in your life? That's something you have to consider as a minister. Um, in this passage, right? Um, are you great in the sight of the Lord? Um, are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Are you turning people to the Lord your God? Do you have the power of the Spirit? Are you able to turn the hearts of fathers to children and children to hearts? <clears throat> Maybe not literally, but that's us. You know, the same stuff that John the Baptist was doing is our job, right? And so, when you think about fathers' hearts, hearts of the sons to their fathers, think about Jehoaz. So Josiah, his dad, was awesome. He like led this whole slaughter, dragged all these false prophets out of the temple destroyed him. He basically like destroyed idolatry in Israel. He's like, listen guys, this isn't going to work. We got to get rid of this sin. And we, we, you know, we're going to move on. And it was great. And it was just like this bright spot. Like finally some king got it. You know, and so maybe his firstborn, maybe he, maybe he taught his firstborn well. Right? But the people didn't pick him. Maybe he taught his second son to do right. But the people didn't pick him. But 
The people picked Jehoahaz to be king next. And you know what? It looks like Josiah did a bad job discipling Jehoahaz. Right? Josiah destroys the evil of his fathers, and then Josiah's son picks the evil of his fathers right back up. And that's what we can do, right? So you have sin, right? There's no, it's no like, man, I wish you wouldn't say that. I don't have sin. We all have sin. We're sinners. Whatever. So you have sin, right? And your disciples, and your children, and the people around you, are you doing a good job destroying that for them? Right? Are you doing a good job discipling them, teaching them to not do that? Or are you protecting your image and showing them that it's fine to keep that? Right? That's why confession is so important. Is your heart toward the children? Do you desire um, that they hide their hearts from you? Because that's what you're doing to them. You're hiding your heart from them. Um, so you have to lead the people around you. Right? You have to lead, or Egypt will swallow them up. The world will snatch them away, and it'll only have been three months, and they're gone. Where'd that guy go? He was here three months. I don't know. Gone. Egypt got him. world got him. So the world tore away Israel's kings, generation by generation. Um, and, and Jehoahaz was helpless. The, the world tossed him aside. Um, so Jeremiah 22, <clears throat> 11 through 15. Um, just 11. Um, ah, let's read the whole thing. For thus saith the Lord, touching Shalom. Um, deeper study, Shalom is actually Jehoahaz. Just believe me, it's pretty obvious if you study it. But there's this um, passage talking about the sons of Josiah. Shalom is Jehoahaz. But for, for thus saith the Lord, touching Shalom, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, which reigned instead of Josiah his father, which went forth out of his place, um, so he wasn't the firstborn, went forth out of his place, he shall not return thither anymore. But he shall die in the place whither they have led him captive, um, and shall see this land no more. Woe unto him that buildeth his house by unrighteousness, and his chambers by wrong, that useth his neighbor's service without wages, and giveth him not for his work, that saith, I will build me a wide house and large chambers, and cutteth him out of the windows, and is uh, sealed with cedar, and painted with vermilion. Shalt thou reign, because thou closest thyself in cedar? Did not thy father eat and drink, and do judgment and justice, and then it was well with him? So, Josiah figured it out, but Jehoahaz didn't. Okay? What, what will you do? Have you figured it out? Right? So you're king, you're Jehoahaz, you're minister. Here you go. You're in charge. First, <laughs> I need to make sure the Spirit is leading my life. I need to make sure I'm sustained by the power of God and I can lean on that and rest in that. I need to make sure I deal with the wickedness of my, my fathers, with the wickedness of the people around me. Right? Don't even play with that stuff. Put it away. Third, if you have stuff there, you need to confess it. 
it's not embarrassing, right? It's, it's embarrassing when you think about it. But we have to confess this stuff. We got to get it out. And sometimes it's not enough to just say, oh "God, I confess, I've been doing this. Please forgive me." All right, thanks. No one has to know about it. <laughs> no, it's you need to confess one to another, right? It's hard, but you need to do it. Um, so, in closing. I can't even see the clock, so I have no idea what time it is. Um, hmm? Okay, cool. So, in closing, we're going to have an old-fashioned invitation, right? <laughs> so, what we're going to do is, yeah, fold up your Bibles and everything, whatever you need to do. Just pack your bag, get ready. So, let's bow our heads, and we're going to close our eyes. Right? Ah, sure. Yeah. Um, close your eyes. <clears throat> Bow your heads.